1: Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardy. Hello, Bardy. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy... And a man who has been eating out at Italian restaurants this week is Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan.
2: (laughs) Buonasera, Wendy.
1: (laughs) I mean, it wasn't necessarily linked to Antonio Conte, but you did go out and have a pizza.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I ate a, a chain Italian after Barley tweeted about chain Italians. And I thought, they're not that bad, are they? I thought they were quite good. I haven't eaten one since I was like a teenager. And then I went to a chain Italian and had a pretty bad pizza. Um, so, so, yeah. Not I also didn't realise when I did my Italian intro at the beginning of the podcast. I thought, uh, what a what a unique and funny idea of mine. I didn't realise that Twitter would be essentially half Italian for the next week, and that everyone's got Italian <laughs> flags in their names.
3: I mean, it's not just in their names; in the stadium as well. There was yeah. um, there was one child of Antonio, and it included a lot of hand waving. It's it's been a bizarre <laughs> uh, it's been a bizarre week to be of Italian descent and, like, and yeah. watch
1: well, that sort of waving.
3: Yeah. That sort of waving and watch we, everybody kind of jump on any Italian. And, we've appropriated
2: yeah, your culture, Vardy.
3: A, a little bit. It's it's a bit weird, and I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop it before um, it all comes out with typical Italian things <laughs> for football, which is just around the corner. That's that's the problem.
1: No, you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, support from me on this one, Vardy. I'm gonna I'm gonna back him to the hilt. You're going to after, back me? No, Antonio Conte. Oh, okay, uh, by uh, proxy. After <laughs> after our podcast with Nima, I'm all in. Mm. I am. I'm very much all in. Um, welcome to new listeners who found us off the back of that podcast, which is our most listened to podcast we've ever done. Um, and as Nathan points out, it's quite funny that the podcast that's been the most popular so far is the one where we barely speak. The, the one, where one we speak
2: the least of all, I think, of any
1: podcast we've ever done. Yes, yes. So uh, so, so, yeah, people who, who are listening for the first time, you might get a bit of a shock. We do talk and um, it's not all good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but- also, our most popular podcast is me. I open up by complaining about balding. <laughs> that's my contribution to the episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that was my fault. That was completely my fault. It was, uh, yeah, very insensitive. It, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean for it to be. Um, but thank, thank you, everyone, for the kind comments, for sharing it far and wide. Uh, continue to do that because there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good insight from Nima. There It was fascinating stuff. We really enjoyed that conversation. Um at the end of this podcast I'm gonna or I'm gonna ask Nathan to stick a, a track on it. We've played it, put a couple of songs on the end of the podcast before. One of our ex subs, Dylan, uh his his band, I think it's Alto Palo, they have a new record out and we're gonna add their track Nocturne, which is a remix, Kia Victoria remix. We're gonna put that at the end of the podcast. It's very good. It's very, very good, and you can um listen to that on Spotify. And we'll put the the details in the show notes too. Uh, Congratulations to Dylan on um, the release of the record shout out also to reese bryant who is top of our ex-subs fpl league and when i made this running order he was 29th in the world in fantasy premier league he i think he may have dropped down a little bit now because he had harry kane as captain but uh he's doing it can happen to (laughs) any of us (laughs) (laughs) he's doing extraordinarily well in uh fantasy premier league like that that is ridiculous to be to be that high up at this stage really really impressive so well done reese we're gonna continue um watching your progress and hoping that you uh maintain your top 100 position it's very very impressive indeed um boys let's talk about some antonio conti football um where do we start let's start with everton the most recent game you know not exactly (laughs) what perhaps we we all hoped um but there was some there was some progress there buddy what did you make of it
3: Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a bizarre lineup, but it was the same lineup that started the test game. So I could see why he, he stuck with it. But it was it was interesting to see this lineup that hasn't worked for many managers continue to not work <laughs> for our current manager. But there were signs of improvement. There were signs of a system, of a method of playing, of a, of an intent at least. Um, it still falls down because there are some some big structural problems within it. But it's it's nice to see us try something. And I think he said in, in his uh, post match comments that there were moments where we were just a final ball away from something, and you can you can see that. But it's definitely a promising start anyway. We didn't lose. And if you're going to embrace all Italianness, ness you have to embrace that 0-0 is the perfect game of football. So um, you're going to be Italian, you have to go the whole way. So just accept that and 0-0 will happen because when you achieve perfection, that is what happens.
2: <laughs> and Everton made up half of the perfect football game. <laughs> there you go.
3: There you go. Nil-nil was the perfect score. Going, the Gianni Berera was the famous Italian writer who said that many, many years ago, and I, sta- <laughs> I have to stand by it, and so does everyone else who waves Italian flags. It's <laughs> Gonna be Italian, be Italian. Don't just be half arsed Don't be, don't be zizi or Prezzo. Be full Italian. Uh,
1: I want to drill a bit deeper into your um, comments about the team lineup, Bardi. What, what, mm. was you, what were you unhappy about?
3: Um, Lucas, um, Scheuberg and Skip. Not Skip as in the individual Skip, I think Skip's great, but I think those three are a problem in an Antonio Conte team and I think Scheuberg is a is a huge problem that we have at, right at this moment. That he plays, he seems to be getting minutes for all the wrong reasons in my mind and I just don't see him existing in the future as an Antonio Conte midfielder. He just just can't move and he just can't pass, can't shoot, can't tackle. He's just at the moment he's able to fill a gap, so just by his sheer presence of gravity, he's uh, he's an asteroid that's being used as a defensive um, system. And the sooner he's removed and or suspended or something, the better. It would you know I, we need a good old break without Beggin.
1: I was going to say he needs a break. I mean, he's basically yeah. played eighteen months of solid football, and it's it's really starting to show. I mean, <laughs> his performance levels were dropping already towards the end of last season I mean he started last season really strongly he was I mean most people would agree he was other than Kane and Son one of our best players in the first half of last season if not the best Uh, and then the number of games seemed to take their toll on his body and performance levels dropped and then he had the Euros uh, and he's played I mean I, I would imagine he's played probably the most minutes of anyone so far I haven't checked that he needs a break doesn't he?
3: Yes, I guess so. But maybe when we talk about Vitesse, I, I have, I've not seen a lot of Hueyberg because of the pandemic, and it's very it's very different watching the game on like perhaps if you go and look up, if you use Y Scout or something else and you can actually look up every kind of involvement that Schöierberg has, you can kind of pick that up. But I hadn't been ground level sober watching Tottenham, watching Schöierberg play for n- ever. So I thought the Vitesse game, I'd spend some time just just watching him. So I, I spent most of the game watching Conte, Hueyberg and, Huyberg, and I, I've just I'm at the end of my road with Schoenberg I just don't feel he doesn't he doesn't help us in fact he hinders us most of the time because I just think passing is, is weak in terms of um possession and attacking perhaps he does all right defensively but he he breaks down our attacks before they even start
1: I mean I don't think he's great I think he's I think he's like a I think he's like a seven out of ten player for me and uh I, I think you need to re-watch him again once once he's had a rest and once we're Playing proper, proper Antonio Conte football. Uh, I don't think this is really the time, ta- the time to sort of make final judgments on too many players. Um, Nathan, did you have similar concerns about the lineup?
2: I wouldn't say concerns. Like, obviously, I want to see other players. But, like, concern isn't the right word. And he said he. he it was quite obvious what was happening. And he said as much before the match mm-hmm. that it's about familiarity, right? This was Nuno's team converted into a back three shape. He's going to run that for a bit. International break coming up. Training time on the pitch. He gets to experiment bring some other players in. Try out other ideas, but if he just goes out and just throws like you know five players you aren't fully match fit, haven't been playing together, mm-hmm. um, aren't sharp, you know, don't have connections with each other, um, he's asking for problems that he doesn't need. So um, I'm patient with him. It's it's a it's like the start of a new season. It's the start of a new manager. So it's. I'm not concerned. Concerned isn't the word. Um, I might start to be a little concerned if we come back from the international break and we're still seeing and <laughs> skip. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, obviously he warrants some patience on this front. It's, I mean, it's very harsh to be like, it's Nuno's fault <laughs> that we like after he's gone that we're, but it's kind of that way. It's, it's his midfield and we're still seeing it for a little while longer. And that's okay. And I don't want to like, <sighs> Like, you can look at, um, Skip's performance and say, oh, he was really quiet and hardly involved. You can look at Hoybier's performance and say, oh, he, you know, he was much more involved, but he gave the ball away again and again. I'm not really interested. Like, obviously, um, in order to, get a more creative 11 one of those players needs to sit on the bench um and i think that should be howdia because of the 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 need for rest that we've mentioned um but i'm not too interested in judging those players until they are not stifled by one another right um so give skipper running games give Hojbjerg a running games um and then come back to this kind of conversation about how they are as individuals obviously together they're not a great midfield but i think what you've seen um, more so against Vitesse than against than against Everton. Um, but even still, you've seen that like you can cover up somewhat for the limitations of individual creativity with having some patterns and some system and some idea of where the ball's going to go in some interesting occupation of space. Um, you combine an increasing system of patterns with creative players. Um, and I think we might actually start shooting towards the goal in the near future, so that'll be nice.
3: I think so. I think I think I think Nathan's right. There were some really interesting patterns, and it's unfortunate that we had two really good opportunities, but both missed the target. The, the Royale header, which I think he should have done a lot better with, and the uh, Reguilón, uh volley from Kane's Cross. They were they were two opportunities that sh- should have probably hit target. But there is definitely some nice patterns. I thought Reggion and Ben Davies were were dovetailing nicely. And I thought um I thought Romero and um and Royale looked pretty interesting as well, bombing in from that kind of underlapping centre back. So I think I think there's definitely something there. But yeah he, gets a, he gets, gets a pass, Conte, at the moment, because you can see what he's trying to do. I think we'll see against Leeds with Skip suspended what he does, and that will that will give us an idea of where we're going to go.
1: I mean, you've you've both touched on some stuff there that I think we need to go a bit deeper on. I mean, there's, there's new things happening. That's that, I think that's really interesting. He's had what two training sessions. In fact, one training session, I think, because I think yeah, but not really.
2: He's had he, three. <laughs> Legally, he's had one. But yeah, he's had three. Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> he's been present for two or three training sessions, and already there are there are changes, there are new mm. things developing. Um, the system, the new system the back three, uh, bringing in Ben Davis, who I think has played very well. I'm, uh, you know, well, well done, Ben. Da- I, don't, I don't want Ben Davis to be uh, our left sided centre back. Come. This time next season, but for the time being, he's doing a very good job. I'm very pleasantly surprised by uh, how well he did against Everton. Um, We're moving the ball across the pitch very effectively and very often. That's I think that's quite quite obvious. Um, Where where under Nuno, there are there are lots of long balls forward, and then contesting the second ball. We're playing the ball across laterally, left to right, right to left, constant changing of the uh, the angle of attack, and that's interesting. I think and i think that's really what surprised me the most is um Emerson Royale. i mean i was I was quite disparaging about the ability the ability of our wing backs to play under a in, in an Antonio Conte system um but i think Royale is is already starting to prove me wrong he looks really really handy um gets up and down the pitch very well i mean he's got the guy has got an engine on him he's not like rapid but he's not slow i don't think he's a slouch he covers ground really nicely and um very tenacious as well. Regulon I thought had a good game against Vitessa, but I wasn't so keen on him against Everton. I think that was mainly in the execution of of when he had the ball rather than his intentions. I thought some of the intentions were really good. Um so I'm kind of I'm not gonna pass judgment yet on um on Regulon. Uh but I I've been, yeah, pretty impressed I so he, far.
3: I thought he was fine. I thought he I thought perhaps he was a little bit wasteful but he, he cut in on his right foot and had a good good shot which, was, which was blocked. Um, uh, yeah, like you, I'm, I'm very happy with Emerson. He looks great. He's made some great interceptions. He, he gets up and down the pitch. He's, he's a good very, footballer. He's a good footballer. He's very um, he's very careful with the ball. He doesn't give it away a lot. Um, his crossing can be a, a bit wild but then it's crossing. Everybody's crossing a bit wild. It's A little bit of a wild science. Uh, but I think there's there's huge positives there. I think Ben Davies in that role, it's, it's almost kind of like harking back to, to Jose days when he's playing that kind of more defensive fullback and he's, he's offering something and there's definitely, it's, it's nice to see Tottenham playing with a plan and it's, not, it's something that we haven't had for a long time and there's positives for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean I definitely felt um against Everton that we were more effective as a team at getting the ball through our midfield or through the wing backs to our front three, but once it got there there were major problems. I mean, I thought all three, Son, Kane and Lucas were very poor with the way they used the ball, with decision making. I was really unimpressed with all three of them to be honest. Um and it would be quite typical of me to single out Lucas, but honestly, it was there was nothing between him and Kane and Sond. As far as I'm concerned, they were pretty much the same. Uh, and, and that was disappointing because I think they did have some, some fairly good situations and, and failed to capitalise on them. And I think Conte can take something from that, you know, very few sessions in and already we've we've got into some good situations and it's just the case now of building on that and adding in more automations and adding in you know if, if something breaks down there how do we counterpress? press how do we how do we back that up and um and where do we build from there i, I agree with Barty though i don't want lucas in the team long term I, I get it for now because he looks um he looks in, in really good physical condition um, and we know that he's he's playing with a bit of confidence, he gets the ball, he's got a bit of swagger about his game, he, he's happy to take players on, but I think we need a slightly more methodical approach now and I, I would say that doesn't involve Lucas for me, I think he's a good substitute option. Um, Nathan, I'm interested. Skip is obviously suspended now for the next game, having picked up five bookings. And Jonathan Fairlumbo says, with Skip suspended for Leeds, how do you think Conte sets up? What do you reckon he's going to
2: do? So there's rumours that we're going to play a number 10. That's the reporting just before recording, is that we're going to play a 3-4-1-2, a, a um, which to me implies Delhi. I hope that we aren't playing Ndombele or La Celso as the number 10. Although I guessed, like, if... Oh, no. No, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say... If you're missing skip and you're playing one of Ndoble and Lucas as the ten, the other one has to be a central midfielder. But we could be playing Winks. We could play a Winks Hybier midfield with Ndoble as the ten. But I desperately hope that isn't the situation. People say to me, people have been asking recently. They say, Nathan, what is the difference between Conte's three-five-two and his three-four-three? And the answer is. One of them has an extra striker and the other one has an extra midfielder. Like, there really isn't, like, like, uh, I, I, my personal preference is that, like, the 3-4-3 occupies space better in attack and the 3-5-2 occupies space better in defense, but, Apart from like specifics to game, there isn't the main thing. Like the underlining feature is the the five at the back in central defence, the overlapping wing backs in attack, and the leaning on patterns throughout. The difference between the various formations under those guidelines are pretty minor.
1: I suppose so. We know Conte wants a line of five across the the top end of the pitch in a in a three four three. The five. Spread across the pitch are the three up front, Kane, Lucas, Son, and then the wing backs, Royale and Reguilon. In a 3-5-2, you've got Kane and Son, you've got yeah. Reguilon and, and Emerson Royale, and then you've got one of the others. You've got one of the other midfielders has to sort of push up and make up that five. And the do they ball take turns in near
2: central midfielder? Right. So if the ball is over on the left, then the left central midfielder is joining in on the near side. If the ball has been carried up onto the right hand side, the right side of central midfielder. Generally, I mean, obviously, if you're playing a midfield where it's like Delhi's on the left side of the midfield and um, and Dominic's on the right, then typically Delhi's going to be up higher most of the time. But all that means is that we're going to lean more towards building up on the left and switching to the right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still it's still the same principle, and there's there's fluidity within that. But generally, it's like. You overload the where the ball is, and then you switch the other side.
1: So I guess the, the point I was I was going to make off the back of that is let's say let's say it's Dele or let's say it's Ndombélé, let's say it's Ndombélé um, and Lo Celso for argument's sake, in that three five two. Uh, are you happier with Ndombélé and Lo Celso starting high and dropping in to receive than you are Lucas starting high and dropping to receive? Would would you rather have? Um, yeah, I mean, leave
2: it at that. It do, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, the 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 exact roles there aren't that important. Essentially, it comes down to: Hey, Nathan, do you prefer Lucas or Ndombélé? And you don't really need to ask me that. <laughs> that <one
1: else>. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, don't need to ask me that. But do you prefer Ndombélé with his back to
2: goal or facing goal? Is what I'm getting at. I prefer him facing goal, right. but you can like. If if okay if we're playing 4-2-3-1 under Nuno and and is the ten but he drops deep from the ten position mm-hmm. and we put the play in front of him then he's facing goal yeah so I mean yeah. for me and Domblay is the deeper the better pretty yes. much. yeah. Um, but again, I'm not. I don't think there is too much to fuss and focus about in in terms of the various formations that Conte uses, unless he switches to playing a four two four, in which case there's a topic there. But outside of that, there isn't that much to it. It will depend a little on the opposition shape from from match to match, but generally, it's the same.
1: I think it's worth pointing out as well that um, in the defensive phase, it's a very obvious five four one formation, so that you know the wing backs become fullbacks.
2: So uh, I prefer the 5-3-2 in the settled defense to the 5-4-1. I feel the 5-4-1 can get flattened more easily. So, okay, uh, in in the settled defense, which is like a lower medium block, um, you've got the line of five that sit sort of five yards up from the edge of our own box, and they are pretty static, pretty passive, and they wait around for the play to come to them. And then if yeah if it's the five three two then that two and three gets split less um, vertically and more horizontally right so you have um, the ball is over on the left you've got the near side striker and you have the left sided central midfielder they will push towards the plate and they'll be joined by the number six the dead centre player and then the ball moves and then you have the two spare the far sided forward waits in position and the far of midfielder waits in position and then the players switch over to the other side and it becomes the the three nearer players become active and the two further players become passive, right? For me, that divides up the space much better. You've got the two extra lines there whereas if it's a 5-4-1 and Kane's your forwards and he's doing less defensively nowadays... Then I think that um there's there's space either side of Kane in front of the back four. Um, it's hard for the wingers, Son and Lucas to push out from their position without leaving their wing backs exposed. So if we're gonna spend extended periods of time in our defensive shape, which I think for now we are, because we're not doing a good job, and the tail mm-hmm. of the Everton game for me was we're not doing a good job of recovering deep possession and turning it into a lengthy string of own possession. We're trying to force our counterattacks a lot at yeah. the moment, which yeah. is very reminiscent of under Mourinho, although I'm I'm positive that things are going to improve. So if we're going to spend a lot of time in that defensive shape, I prefer the five-three-two. But it, again, it's not important. It doesn't it doesn't matter that much. You're going to get defensive safety in that shape under Conte.
1: And we did look really resolute, I thought. I thought we defended pretty well against Everton, restricted them to about 0.6 expected goals, something like that. Not that Everton, you know, they're not playing exceptionally well at the moment and they haven't got calvert Lewin, in their best striker, but and Bardi, I thought we defended pretty well in the whole.
3: Yeah, and it was comforting to see us not lose our mind when the crowd turned against us in the VAR decision. In the par- well, Palace, we saw, yes. as soon as we hit a rocky patch, we, we crumbled. So that, that was good that we held it together. Um, it was good use of VAR, as well which 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 helped us and that's that's a positive that we kept our shape and kept our minds and and didn't concede
1: yeah I completely agree um Nima told us that one thing we see quite a lot of is is the wing backs being substituted because they're asked to do so much and um we saw that in this game we saw Reguilon come off and obviously we didn't have Sessignon because he's injured so we saw Matt Doherty come on and play <laughs> left wing back
3: uh, uh, that was awkward. That was really awkward. That was that was like me of when I first went to Colombia in, in a salsa club trying to dance. It just not not right. He looked really out of place. He did. He looked yeah. It looked terrible. I was embarrassed for him, but he held it together. He held it together and did a couple of half decent things. And good on him. He's barely played, and you know you got to give him a pat on the back. He went out there, and gave it a good, gave it a good move.
1: He needs matches desperately.
2: He had a not terrible defensive run at one point where he put the ball successfully out of play. He also, <laughs> um, he also did the single most telegraphed cut inside. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched a lot of Robin. Um, I've watched a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo. He did the most here it comes, everybody. Here comes the cut inside. Here's my left foot wrapping around my body. And then like a heavy, heavy touch and then slow to challenge the loose ball. It was essentially he just passed the ball back to And he was the penalty for it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've fallen over. It's like, yeah, you gave him the ball and then you fell over afterwards. (laughs) Bless him. Bless him. He had
3: some spirit, though. He had some spirit. He did.
2: He looked more mobile than he He
1: looked basically at all under Nuno. Yeah, I mean, the thing is... He he's going to get games because we've got you know who else is going to play right wing back Tanganga Lucas no. Moura? Jack Clark, so so it's going to be Doty as Berg backup. Fine. So he needs yeah maybe Bergfine, but he need he needs some games to get up to to get up to speed. Uh, and we need Sesignon back. We really need Sesignon back as soon as possible. And I don't know if the news is that great on him because Nuno was quite non-committal. He did say he's it's it's he basically said it's going to take some time with Sesignon, and this was. Um, late October, I, you know, even with the international break, I don't know if it's good news on. The club haven't said much, and that's normally a bad sign. But we could really do with him back uh, because, yeah, the the, the the wing backs have a particularly difficult role in the system. Um what did you make of the Vitessa game, Bardi?
3: It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be to be there and witness it, the the sending offs and everything else. It was I because it Europa League they kind of closed the the top tiers and you can kind of choose where you wanted to sit. I sat really low, row sixteen, and it's great to be that low, but still have a vantage point to see what was going on. And there was a there was a really nice atmosphere. It was you could see it was a mix of people that don't normally go and then everybody else that kind of jumped on the, the the Conte bandwagon because the tickets that were for sale all sold out um there was a kind of carnival atmosphere and it was it started off that way we, we walked into a three nil um lead and then then we had a bit of a shock to the system but as you keep saying there was positives there there was definitely a style of football that we were trying to implement and I thought once again we really hung on in there when we were under a little bit of pressure and worked our way through it
1: uh Romero got his first red card Nathan is that the
2: first of many do you think I don't know about many. It's probably the first of a few. uh I don't know he was he should have been sent off a couple of times for Atalanta. Um, I don't think we'll leave him quite as exposed um' it's, it is it's I, I was explaining on Twitter that it's like it's kind of like the lamella thing where it's like okay, he's on a yellow, he's still flying in. Let's sub him off, but it's obviously much harder to sub off um your only good center back <laughs> like, so um. That's that's very harsh. Um so yeah, I guess he's probably gonna get double yellowed a few times. Uh and the thing with that is it's like and I made this point before is that like I was very, very critical of Serge Aurier for um getting sent off multiple times. Um but I just think that like with Romero the yellow cards are like and again with Lamella, are like a facet of his positives, of his of the the good aggression in his play where with Aurier like yes he did have some upsides in his like defensive output but he would just go into things that were were never there yeah I get it like even if things have gone 100% well what have you really gained from it the best case scenario yeah is yeah. is still bad yeah and and the worst case like if he just doesn't go it's fine where was, <laughs> anyway whereas Romero
1: de- the best case scenario for Romero is you scare the team so much that they, they, they go into their shells like, they, 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 <laughs> like sure. they don't want to risk any out balls because he's, he's going to just mop them up and they're going to be counted on yeah.
3: it, the first yellow was really soft and at half time as they were walking off the pitch he was talking to the ref I think the ref was Italian wasn't he it? um, and he was talking to him about that yellow card and he, he sh- he should have been smarter than just diving into that other one cuz that ref was itching as we saw to send people off he loves that red card Are we averaging uh,
2: two red cards a game per 90 <laughs> for both teams to see if content. we keep that up yeah, yeah.
3: but it, it was brilliant when when their goalkeeper got sent off the the noise in the stadium was, was something else it was it was a it was a really interesting second half and it was i it's been a while since i've smiled at tottenham and that smile is like I think perhaps I hated the game, but when we lost to Everton in the FA Cup, there was bits where you smiled, but that's just because it was just batshit crazy. Um, but it, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Vitesse game, and I, I'm glad that I, I I went because after the Man United game, I was tempted just to sack it off and not bother. But then obviously Nuno got sacked, Conte went in, and I was never gonna. I like to be there at the end and at the start of a of a reign because then as you move through time and in 10 years' time, I can say yeah, I, I was there at the start. Of it. It's good to it's good to be there. It was it was an interesting.
1: I I loved uh, Lucas's goal. It was really, really nice. Um, there, there were a couple of moments in that move where I just thought Conte's influence was clear straight away. So uh, clear. Huy, it's Biers um, moment. Like the moment Bier gets the ball, I think it just would have gone differently. Under really you know, he'd have played it safe or or turned and just hit a hopeful ball towards the channel and then contested the second ball. Whereas, you know, this was very clear that he was had instruction and he was going to make that work. And he did make it work. And Lucas did some really nice link play and took it really well as well, actually. Great finish from Lucas. Um, yeah, lovely, lovely to see that, and hope we see a lot more of that in the coming weeks.
3: I think um, the dropping of Gallini as well is is something to point towards. I don't, I don't think Conte is going to accept fault. Um Nuno would have played Gallini, and we would have lost that game with Gallindo. It's good to see that there's there's a seriousness here about the team. Just because you're backup goalkeeper doesn't mean you're going to play. He um, shouldn't be playing because yeah, like we lost in Vitesse because he can't make any saves. That's the reason why we won that game was because of Hugo was there.
2: You sure that isn't? Just- just because it's his first game and he wants some familiarity, and Larice to learn the passing patterns, and we're not going to see Galini later on.
3: Um, I well, I don't think I don't think Hugo will ever learn a passing pattern. I just don't think he's
2: be for it. <laughs> he's he's going to get as many opposition assists as Romero will get red cards.
3: <laughs> but I do think I do think Hugo deserves a nod because he has been a. I've been kind of critical of him and thinking that if we want to move forward as a club, we need to replace him. But. Yeah, he's been, he's been great. He's been great and deserves... He, 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 we need to sign him and commit him for another couple of years until, until we can then run a, another goal. He's, he's kept... Catching.
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about... Work.
1: This is very um, the extra inch Spurs podcast, but I just want to briefly analyse our goal kicks for a second, which mm. t- will turn a lot of people off. But there's there is some differences already. Um, firstly, interesting that so when Luke, when Lurice is going to take a, a goal kick, our our back three are in their regular oh. positions. Like Eric Dyer is basically stood on top of the race, which is interesting. I think you don't often see that for many um, teams. And secondly, when it hit about seventy minutes against Everton, Conte was like, "Nah, no, nah, we're not playing out anymore. <laughs> Go long. Um, you know, everyone just push up the pitch. No more building out from the back at this stage in the game. Um, we're just going to fire it long and, and play off Kane." And I
2: thought that was, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, the playing, the playing the back three from the goal kick, really interesting. And again, yeah, you're right. Something you don't tend to see. Most teams they um, they split. They split, but what they're doing is they're breaking up the phases of possession, right? We're going to use this shape to get yes. out of here, and then once we've got it into here, we'll we'll settle down, and we'll move into position, and we'll pass the ball between our centre-backs a few times, and then we'll take up this shape, and then we'll do this from here, whereas Conte, it's so back to front. It's mm-hmm. so... Our attack begins with the five-yard pass from the keeper, and there is a continuation of patterns all the way from there to the other end, and use sort of... Um, so an eleven v zero drill is is what it sounds like. So uh, when I did the video with Chris Summersell, we looked at automations and um, we used his position of coaching expertise to to look at how to coach automations and all the ones we looked at there involved having another team right try to get the ball off you, try to defend your space, um, all of those kind of things. You, you, you learn how to 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 move them. Whereas for Conte, the opposition are some cones or some some the the like the free kick silhouette guys, um, and it's you eleven players on the pitch. Here's the passing drill. It goes here to here to here. Then we switch over there. Then you play it off the striker. You make the run when you see the striker receive the ball, and then you play it back. And now you're through and goal. Do it again, do it again, do it again. I'll get it right this time. Do it again. I don't care that I have a press
0: conference
2: now. We're gonna do this till <laughs> so you get it right. And it's that over and over and over again. And and that is where the 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 non-change of shape from the goal kick comes from. Is because Hugo Lloris is looking to begin a single attack, not a series of attacks separated by recyclings of possession, but a single attack that goes all the way from him to the opposite goal.
3: I think it, it is an interesting take. And I, I don't know if you remember during the Euros, Italy would almost split to a back three with mm-hmm. uh, Donnarumma becoming his centre-back mm-hmm. and it would be um, Bonucci or Chiellini taking the spot, kick, depending on which side it is. And that's what so I mean. It's exciting times to see Tottenham trying to do something. It's what we've been wanted. And just a, one more thing, I need to get this off my chest because it's been popping up a lot on, on various soundbites and podcasts. This whole kind of project manager bullshit Conte, is, the, Conte is a project manager he is he has a project and he's delivering it so everyone's like oh Potter's a project manager because it will take him five years to do for Conte to do what he needs to do <laughs> in two years he's just an espresso project manager he just gets shit done and you can see that he's had one and a half training sessions and already we've got a style of play being installed into, into these idiots and for the most part a lot, <laughs> I still believe our players are idiots but we can get them doing factory line repetitions repetitions. And we will start seeing results churning out. And Conte is a project manager; he just gets projects done faster off my chest. Okay,
2: Um, I'm glad glad you feel (laughs) better.
1: Like like some people listen to our podcast on times two speeds. Conte is coaching our players at times two speed.
3: Yeah, I can't believe people actually listen to listen to us. Just slow it down. How how busy are you? Slow it down and listen to our takes.
1: There's a lot um, of Spurs podcasts out there. Yeah.
3: yeah, but most of them are vanilla rubbish. Just listen to <laughs> listen to ours and fighting cock for a little difference. And and um our, the other ones I've been on, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: thanks for the name drop yeah that's, that's gonna go down well really
3: dealer and listen to um a bit spurs
2: nice nice good pods i uh, i listen i listen on 1.5 not to hours because for editing purposes and i have considered i have considered speeding us up in post before we put it out before but i think that i don't know some people want it at normal speed and some people it's not their first language so they mm. they need they need a normal speed at if anything i need to slow down how fast i talk for them <laughs> I am definitely a 1.0 guy. I, yeah. I don't
1: think my brain can cope with anything beyond that. Um, yes, I, I, I'm interested. Uh, let's just... It's so dull, but let's just stick briefly on the build-up play. Um, so what we know is... So the back three, which becomes a back four in build-up with the, um, the, the, the wide centre-backs... Filing out into the full back areas, one of the midfielders coming towards the, our own goal to make up a back four. Uh, we saw Hugybière take a lot more touches than Skip in the Everton match, yep. like fifty percent more touches, and that is because Bier was the one whose job it was to um, to to come into the to to make the back four. So he's having loads more touches, but in kind of that area of the pitch, basically.
2: He's skip. also getting forward. He's also he's, he's yeah, mobile oh.
1: back and forth. Absolutely, absolutely. But Skip is then playing a little bit higher and being asked to do a bit more ball carrying than Choubert, I would say. Uh, And I thought he did it pretty effectively. I I thought Skip had a good game and there was a report today from Alistair Gold, like a behind the scenes um, report. And the the main takeaway from that is that Skip already is, is golden boy. Um, Conte is very impressed with his attitude, with his ability to take on instruction, uh, his intensity in training and what he's done on the pitch so far. Uh, I, I really think Skip has huge amounts of potential, huge, huge potential. And I'm intrigued to see what Conte can do with him. You mentioned it, Nathan, um, in the last podcast. Like, Skip, when you take decisions away from him, could be really, really exciting. He so. like receives the ball and is knows what he's going to do every time because he's got the technical he's got the technical capability to do it to do what's asked of him, uh, and I think that sets him up nicely for the rest of his career. Basically, I mean Conte Conte being his manager at this stage in his career, I think it's very good for him. But I'm interested in p- the potential of Harry Winks coming into the team. I'm I don't. Not. I mean, no, no I'm not like interested in the sense that I think he's going to be uh, tip top. More that. When Skip got that yellow card, I think most people were thinking brilliant, and Domblay going to be in midfield with with Huy-Bier, and we'll see him do his thing. But I'm intrigued by the, the idea that it actually it could be Winks, uh, and that Conte might want a slightly more defensive um, duo in midfield still, and then Domblay might come in a bit higher, as Nathan points out in a in a three four one two type of system. Um, Bardi, you, you, you were shaking your head. When Nathan mentioned before, I saw you look. Towards the ground and shake your head at <laughs> the, the prospect of a Winks bear midfield.
3: We know that's what it's going to be. You can you can say in the you can say all these names as much as you want, Delhi, but it will be Lucas uh, Winks and um, Schübir against. So that's what oh it will be. God. <laughs> but they will have had um, one week with um, with with Conte whipping them into shape. So I don't think Winks is going to turn out be a superstar footballer. But I, I think he may get a tune out of him. He yeah. may get a tune out of him. But yeah, it's not going to be La Celso and Ndombélé. We need, we all need to accept that right now.
1: I think, I think it might be. Is Le Celso away for the international break?
3: Yeah, he's um, he was photographed today. On okay, the he's on the plane with a load
1: Okay, so, so I'd say that 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 puts him in a weaker position, but Ndombele's not. So Ndombélé's Ndombélé's got two weeks of Conte now uh and two weeks to impress him and i think he will impress him so son Renati asks us now that we're finally at international break and conte has more than a couple of days to coach his squad what is realistic realistic to expect him to to improve over that time and what will those playing internationally miss out on um nathan what do you think he will focus on in these two weeks given that like half the squad isn't going to be there around
2: what will he focus on? Um, defensive shape and patterns, basically. It's a 50-50 split. I don't think there'll be a lot of focus on like transitional defense. I don't think there'll be a focus on like picking the right time. Uh, what I was talking about earlier, picking the right time for when there's a counter and when to settle for possession. I think it will be... Um, this is how we defend in our own half. This is how we uh, behave when we have the ball. Not even behave. Behave's not the right word because there's a lot of flexibility within that. But these are the the lanes that we take when we have the ball. And I think it would just be that for two weeks. So Conte, he 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 doesn't want to... This is the first time, I think, he's taken a job mid-season. I think um, so, yeah. He... he he wants preseason and, and some of that is fitness, but I think a lot of that is like getting the, the patterns nailed in before the season starts. Um so uh so you might get the impression that it takes quite a while to learn his system, but like he's pretty much I think pretty much always hit the ground running. I guess at Chelsea he started with the back four, lost to Arsenal, switched to the back three, stopped losing games at all. But generally like it's because of the, again because it is like 11v0 drills because it is here's the pattern it's not simple um but like it's um it's clear yeah there's 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 because there's less room for individual interpretation you you learn it and then you practice it and you practice it and you practice it and you have it. Uh, you, obviously, there has to be some sway within that, and there's going to be some some tweaking from Conte based on the players, based on the opposition, based on what's working and what's not. Um, but I think, and and the Vitessa game really showed it that like these can start having an impact pretty quickly. So I think mm-hmm. that we are going to see a much more positive attack and end over the next few weeks, over the next couple of games, I suspect.
3: Yeah. I, I just want to give, first I want to give a shout out to Son Renity, who always backs up my, my tech. With <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to say is that uh, we do have quite a few players in key positions who haven't travelled. I, I think Reggion hasn't travelled with Spain. Um, I don't know if Doherty has, but there's, there's there's a shape, there's a structure there of a team. Delli and Dombele, Lucas, um, perhaps Skip, Winks, and I think, I think we're going to see these players worked hard and this is their opportunity these these are fringe players who aren't getting in the international teams and if they want to get back in the first team they've got two weeks now to just to really take on everything that Conte um, mm. can teach them but the defence we know those those defenders are the first choice but it's those positions alongside Son and Kane alongside Skip or Heuberg in midfield which are really up for grabs now and it's up to these guys to really really brace Conte
1: Absolutely and with that in mind with the sort of the the idea of eleven against zero training and um, and the players being away for the international break, I was going to ask you who do you think the big winners will be. Um, but it's interesting. To, I don't know if Scarlett's going to be away. I, I didn't check whether Scarlett got a call up or whether he has whether that's been announced yet. Um, but Dylan Markande will be there, uh, so he can he can he can play up front, I guess in the. In training, and he's just scored his 10th goal in 10 games in the PL2. Is that he's, good? Yeah, like for an attacking midfielder who sometimes plays up front is good. Five assists in there as well. He's just got his third nomination for Premier League Two Player of the Month in seven months. He is absolutely playing out of his skin. Um, I know Conte hasn't got like a big reputation for promoting young players but it's a big chance for him to impress in training over the next two weeks, I would have thought, uh, given that you know Kane, Son and possibly Scarlet won't be around.
2: He missed the... Scarlet missed the under-23s game that Marcando started
1: yes scarlet yeah. hasn't been playing a great deal for the under 23 i mean he's barely been playing at all To much to my dismay he played uh a couple of times recently and then missed this this previous one but then wasn't on the first team bench either um which i don't think is great yeah so i mean it's going to be interesting to see who the, who the winners are what do you think nathan do, do you think there's any changes to be made for the next game or do you think we'll pretty much see the same team
2: again no i'm, I'm hoping that and Dombey comes in the the Delhi or Bergwijn. Hill comes in the Bergvine might come in yeah I I think that I don't know I think we've been battered down a little over the last couple of years and that we've lost the optimism for seeing the players who like start games but like we we have a really good manager now I'm a little yeah. more optimistic like at least give yeah. it a go <laughs> give it a go saying yeah we're gonna see the good players that we like and they're gonna play good football and it's gonna function back and forth and everything else yeah I think I think. I think um, everyone who's not going on international duty is is a winner, at least potentially.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Oh, um, Ryan Mason, first team coach. That was nice. You like that? That was nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I do. I think um, in the same way that I said skip having Conte's His manager at this stage in his career will stand him in good stead. I think the same can be said for Mason. I think having someone as meticulous and um, incessant as Conte to learn from will be incredible for him. He's still very early in his journey as a coach, but um, you couldn't really hope for a better coach to learn from in many ways. So it's great for him. And it's nice that the club have recognised his uh, progression and given him that opportunity. Uh, great chance for him to work on his Italian too. <laughs> I
3: mean, it's, it's, it's a lot better he's at Tottenham rather than going to Charlton and getting sacked. What would happen? So it, it's good for him. Plus, he's 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 on contract already if we need a caretaker manager. <laughs> he's, already, he's already got a contract in place.
1: I just like the fact that the club are really looking after him as well. I just, I think that's... A good thing you know a player who's clearly in love with the game and had to retire early um it's he's, he's in the right place it's cool let's do let's do a couple of questions before we sign off um this is a good one a watson says how many of the players in the current squad will be a part of the next great tottenham team um bardi i mean i, I guess there's two questions there when do you think the next great tottenham team will happen and how many of these players are don't, don't go to him on this because
3: <laughs> I <laughs> can see. He was because me, he's uh, going to
1: yeah. say two or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: I was going to say three. I <laughs> <laughs> skip and Romero, but then I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to put going to put in, <laughs> put in uh, Emerson three uh, three and um, Sun four. There you go. There's four players.
2: Sun's so still going to be playing around when we have a great team.
3: Yeah, we'll, we'll have a great team. Not next, next season, we will we'll push for top three, and then the season after that, that we'll win the league. Uh, we'll, we'll crash out in the Champions League first round, but we'll win the. League.
2: A, a two and a half year project. It's not. It's not quite an espresso. It's.
3: Uh... <laughs> well, it's pretty to win the league. Okay, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a lungo, a bit of an americano. uh but yeah three or four no more than that Kane Kane is sold I'm I'm convinced Kane is gone
1: I disagree I think I think next next year is going to be a big year for us and I think the majority of the squad will be will be still around maybe a couple of sales maybe even a high profile sale that's kind of unexpected but generally I think we won't see a huge amount of player turnover and I think it's going to be good
3: it's down to the players it's down to the players there's 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 no arguments anymore about the manager. The manager is a good manager. He's one of he is a world-class manager. And it's now down to the players. Um whether or not whether or not they accept it.
2: Yeah, I mean I'll 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 say this much that like I come on this podcast every week for 2 years and said Dombale is good, La is good, Dell is good. I understand your frustration, but these are good players. Um under two managers, two and a half managers even. I've said these are good players. Give them time and give them patience. The ability is clearly there. I refute many of the criticisms that are put forward. I don't think that they're all completely made up or baseless, but I don't think that that it's a good analysis. With all of that said, if they if those players fail now under Conte, then I will I will I will rest my argument. I will, I will let it yeah. be, and I will accept that they have failed for Tottenham. Yeah, I completely go along with that.
1: I completely go along with that, and it's a different type of manager. Don't get me wrong. It's not like. Um, it is not going to be like a, a straightforward transition between Mourinho slash Nuno and Antonio Conte because they're being asked to do completely different things. But I think you, I think when a manager as successful and as detailed as Antonio Conte comes into the, into your club, you have to put your faith in him. You have to look at what he's achieved and look at the way he's achieved it, and you have to completely give yourself to that. Um, and we'll find out if they do. We'll, I mean, it might be that his personality rubs some people up the wrong way, and there will, there will always be personality clashes in football, and that's one thing. Sure. But 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 I don't think I, I think you're right. I think if they don't fit in to the tactical uh, requirements, then that's on them because you have to give yourself to a to a coach like Conte. Yeah. And I don't I don't think I'd have said that for Mourinho. I wouldn't have said that for for Nuno because the the tactical elements I believe are flawed. <laughs> and not suited to the players at the disposal of those managers whereas i think now i think they can do it it's just a case of of will they and i'm very 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 excited to uh, to see whether they they can because i think i think they can and I think we can do big things next year. Well, I think we can do big things this year. I think by as soon as January, even, I think we'll be enjoying watching Spurs very much again. Do Who you know is what? This?
3: Is, this, is this really windy? Is it like, for the last 18 months, I've been looking at my screen, seeing someone kind of down and uh, just a bit upset about everything. But this is great, Windy. It's nice it's to see you smiling. F-
1: 15 minutes into the Vitessa game, I I thought to myself... Oh, God. (laughs) I'm really, really enjoying watching this. Yeah. And I don't remember thinking that for quite some time. I was like, I can see what we're trying to achieve here. And it's not perfect. And it I mean, don't get me wrong, the second half of that game wasn't great, was it? Let's be honest. It wasn't great. It wasn't perfect. But there, there were some really good intentions. And we played some nice football. The Lucas goal was lovely. Um... Yeah, it did remind me of early potch where like it wasn't great, but you could see what the intentions were. I think that's and reasonable. I was very excited about it. And I really honestly have, I have faith in Conte to be able to deliver this quickly. I think some of his, some of what he wants to achieve is going to be complicated and it's going to take time to learn it. And maybe you need a preseason. And so maybe we'll wait for some of that for next season. But I've also seen enough from... Two and a half training sessions, one legal training session, to believe that he can also implement some ideas quickly, and that is very exciting to
2: me. I think you're going to be frustrated with how deep we defend sometimes, Wendy. I don't think it's, it's
1: it's fine. Like if if it comes with if it comes with attacking structure, patterns, instruction, then I'm more than happy to to allow that.
3: I just started watching I got back into Strictly Ricky Come Dancing
1: Okay. yeah I've been watching the series too it's, I mean, it's for the first time TV. in like five years
3: pretty good TV you know I, I don't know why I've not been watching it and um, at the moment we're like the, the celebrity who's just started dancing with a professional and the professional is just dragging them across yeah. the dance floor and it's a mess their feet are all over the place they're not pointing their toes they're not keeping their thumbs up and the rest of it and but slowly I reckon I reckon the celebrity I reckon Con- can whip something into us and before long we'll be like the paso doble is amazing we'll be doing paso doble across the dance floor and tangoing and you know where they flick the leg in between the other person's legs so i think we'll be <laughs> doing those flicks and the, those those nifty moves soon we just got to they just the partners the players that aren't playing at the moment just need to believe in their professional and yeah and we'll be getting like big scores i love it
2: nathan good times are coming good times coming good times coming i think um <laughs> I think the band on Strictly are incredible. I think we're going to find out we're not a dancer, we're a musician, and we're going to join one of the best studio bands in really all good. of production. Yeah, They're that's, really, really good. I, I sit and watch Strictly with my family, and I don't watch the dances, but I listen in and comment on the music because the, the covers are so impressive.
1: They're really good. And do you know what? I'm always so impressed when they they take like a really well-known song – and they change it to three four time to make it. The oh yeah, waltz there, was, time. there was a
2: waltz recently that I was like, oh, that's 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 weird. That's impressive. And sometimes but, the
1: song sounds better in three four as well. But they just, sure. yeah, it's impressive to be able to do that. CGI is pretty. <laughs> that was pretty cool. The chess, the chess thing, the chess. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that it was awesome. that was neatly done. I did not expect to be talking about Strictly Come Dancing in this podcast, <laughs> um, but he, but here we are. Should we do one more question? Let's do it. Go on. Uh, let's go. Okay, this is this is from Luke Robertson. Luke says, having had the summer transfer window under Nuno are there any deals that you'd go back in time and undo if you could now that Conte is a manager both incomings Gallini Romero Royale Saar and outgoing Lamela, Alderweireld, Hart, Sissoko, Ori. I suspect Alderweireld's ability on the ball, especially his diagonals, would have been appealing to Conte. And I just want to, before I offer it out, I want to nab Foyt as one Foyt as, as my like obvious. Please do not say. So I, I desperately want us to keep Foyt because, like, I I wanted him to have a chance under a good manager, and now we've got a good manager, and I think he'd be ideal for the for the right side. Like, he plays some fullback. He's good at centre back. I think him in a back three is much better suited to being in a back four he's really good in, in possession he could have had the opportunity to move forward with the ball like we're seeing from Ben Davis I just think he'd have been a great fit and that's a shame um, Bardi. Are there any players that you wish we'd held on to in hindsight?
3: I think Orio might be quite useful. As I just think he's a better right mm-hmm. wing back than as a backup. As a backup yeah, as a backup, I think he would have been pretty decent. Alderweireld's a good shout. I think he might have been. He might have enjoyed playing back in the back three. But even I'm with not, the hunch, yeah, I'm not convinced. I, it's just would I rather see Sanchez or Alderweireld in the back three? I kind of edged Alderweireld, maybe. But um, I, I, I think our business has been sound. Mm. The, the problem is Brian Hill. I think he is a I think he's perhaps too much of a winger to really offer us something right now. Maybe in the future he could play a bit more centrally and he might be useful there, but perhaps had we gone back and signed a, a number ten, a right wing back, that would have been better. So I'm gonna go Aurier as my guy. I don't think Easter. I'd change
2: anything. I think mm. that I think we had well I mean it's kind of obvious, I guess, really, is that Peratici had the window he wanted to have for Conte and then later <laughs> brought Conte in, right? <laughs> and and like that was significant in bringing him in and turning him around. In saying, look, we kept Kane, we brought in these players, we've improved the profile of the squad, we improved the age profile, we brought these young talents, and we've got we've got this. We've got rid of these problems from the squads. Um, and but this is also, I guess, slightly more to the point point a away from Conte in particular. These are the benefits of having a director of football instead of just swinging from one manager to the next. Is that he is building stuff outside of who the current manager is or even who the next manager is. Um, Like the, the recruitment side is operated at least partially separately from whatever the specific desires of the manager are. If you want to go back to the previous window, with with Mourinho, where we bought Mourinho's players for Mourinho to win games immediately, when we brought in Doherty and Hoivier, and you know, signings that made sense for him at the time, then maybe you can begin to to pick holes. But I think last summer was, was really good, independent of whoever the manager is pretty much.
1: Is um, Brian Hill gonna be away over the international break? wouldn't have thought so he's had some Spain call-ups call but it's just i don't know whether he's been selected this time wouldn't but, be shocked um, to see
2: him play number 10
1: yeah this that's exactly what i thought just then i mean you mentioned the the three four one two shape yeah and when bardie mentioned him then i thought oh i wonder i wonder if he could yeah food for thought so that's it for uh for the pod this week hope you've enjoyed having us back um and uh and of course as ever Keep dancing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to lead into the song now.
0: <laughs> Fuck me. Mm-hmm. Too high, too stressed out, has been so long. And out, 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 deep, deep breath now Ooh, i come so far oh, I try thinking funny thoughts Ooh, but they get away, yeah. away Play, Play. Toss, 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 I hear now time in a pattern of a manic ball. So far oh, I tried this